This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. From Moms Rising. I'm so grateful for her joining us today. She is Namati Mansare. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And she is here today to talk with us about workplace justice. She hails from Silver Spring, Maryland, currently in Washington, D.C., proud HBCU alumna of Bowie State University. And uh, she works as not only as a military background in service and community engagement, but she works alongside the Moms Rising team to make sure that we can have conversations like the ones we're going to have right now. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. For those who are hearing this concept and the way that it's framed in Moms Rising's universe for the first time, can you help us understand what it is that we mean when we hear the phrase workplace justice? Yes. Um, I think workplace justice can be described as the rights that workers deserve or are entitled to within their workplace. Mm. Simple enough. Well, we have rules that say we're entitled to, you know, certain hours. We can, uh, we have weekends, some of us, we, we have time off, we have lunches at a particular time if there's a certain number of hours. But I get the sense that we're talking about something beyond just that sort of rights. And, and as I understand it, uh, we're also thinking about what it means to have economic security and to end discrimination through the workplace justice phenomenon. Help us understand how Moms Rising approaches this issue in ways that are in line with all the other issues that you help us to cover? Of course. So yes, we encompass all of those things. Um, we're fighting for economic rights, for the rights of women. Uh, we're fighting for uh, fighting against inequities and inequality. Um, and at Moms Rising, we're really focusing on those issues, those pressing issues that are affecting moms and families and uh, women in the workplace. So we're talking about breastfeeding rights or uh, the option to have paid sick days or the things that I cover, uh, which include paid family and medical leave at the federal level. Mm. Let's talk about paid family and medical leave. I'm lucky enough to to be employed in New York City. Uh, shout out to McGavers College in Brooklyn, New York. And so we we recently had some battles a couple years ago for paid leave, and it was a big deal. But I'm clear that what we have and the, what we can benefit from in New York City is very different than what the nation has as its understanding, or, or I should say as the broader umbrella under which these sorts of policies are rolled out. What does the current federal paid family leave policy look like? Well, currently we have the Family Act, um, and that is the only uh, national comprehensive uh, policy that we have at the federal level. It's not passed into law just yet. Uh, but what that law is saying, or what that policy is saying, rather, is that workers would earn partial pay for up to 12 weeks, and that is paid. Um, they can take that leave for their own serious health issues. So that's something like you know pregnancy or childbirth or to recover from childbirth. Um, it could be for the serious health issue of a family member. So your mom, your sister, your spouse, your your um your elderly loved one um and also a chosen family it could be to mm. care for a child um it could also be to address the effects of domestic violence sexual assault and stalking wow. and also for certain military caregiving leave reasons 
Well, now this feels vaguely familiar. I'm, I know enough or I can recall enough uh, from my time in corporate America. I needed the, to rely on the FMLA, Family and Medical Leave Act. And I thought it was it was decent. I mean, it wasn't phenomenal. I was born and raised in Germany. So I, I'm used to people getting like a whole year off after they have a child and be paid for it. So I was like, oh, what, what is this backwards American thing that you all have happening over here? I wasn't quite clear. But how does what you're talking about now, this act, how does that compare with the Family and Medical Leave Act, which as I understand, understand it is now 30 years in existence what would be the difference that this act would bring to the to the american worker you're absolutely right uh so the fmla passed 30 years ago um this past february we had a you know grand celebration for it um it's for eligible employees of covered employers and the thing to note that it's it's 12 weeks unpaid it's job protected but most people can't even afford to take unpaid leave, right? 44% mm. of workers are ineligible for FMLA. And that could be due to a variety of reasons. You may work for a small employer, you may not have enough hours, um, you know, or you may not have worked at your job for long enough. And 43% of black workers are ineligible. Wow. So it's it, it's good while it's good if you have it, right? So right thing we always say is that you shouldn't have to win the boss lottery to get paid leave. So if you are covered by an employer that has, you know, the Family and Medical Leave Act or the Federal Medical Leave Act, rather, great. But what if you don't? Mm. Where does that it's yeah, no, that that's a, a real issue. And I, and I will just add just to, to further even expound on what it is that you're saying, because I was an attorney in a corporate law firm, we had FMLA, but we also got paid. <laughs> we got paid. To, so so we had we I really won the lottery when it came to <laughs> maternity leave because I, my leave was covered and I got yeah. benefit. I had the full package while I was out on maternity leave. And I remember learning at that time when we were looking for child care and whatnot, when I ultimately did have to go back to work. Here I was bringing my, you know, six, almost seven months old looking for a child care to, to go back into work. And I was talking with other women in a similar position who had just had their child two weeks ago, right? Who had right. just had their child like within the last month. And I knew that I personally really needed every single one of those months <laughs> that I was at every home. Be every I mean, it's every single moment. And so it was absolutely incredulous to me that you had women who were having to go back to work within six weeks, within eight weeks, within a month of having just given birth. And so this idea that there is a lottery, and, and I would like to just say it's almost unfair to use the word lottery because I was already economically better positioned than many of my peers who were not in an industry that was set up the way that my industry was set up. So I won the lottery, but I, I was one of the people who didn't really need the lottery because I was already in a position where I was doing better off. And for me, this is just me, it felt like like one of those situations where the people who already have were given access to even more and the people who did not have were given access to even little. So this right. act, is this an act that would fill in that gap in some meaningful way so that we're shrinking the percentage of people who do not have access to the benefits of FMLA? Oh, for sure. And I'm so glad that you mentioned, you know, your work in corporate America and as an attorney um, and then also just, you know, talking about the boss lottery, 100 million people don't have access to paid leave through their jobs. Jesus. I mean, that number is just staggering. Right. And these are jobs. Well, these are workers rather in jobs that are like food preparation, um, home care and child care, customer service, you know, retail jobs that are disproportionately held by people of color. Mm. Paid leave is so important. It's important for all families, but it's really important for, um, you know, I'd say Black and Latinx families. So parents don't have to choose. So families don't have to choose between caregiving and work. So paid leave is 
is an economic uh, justice issue, right? It, it will yeah. help women stay in the workforce longer. It'll help employee morale, right? Being able to take time off and then knowing that you have a job to come back to, right? Means you're going to be attached, more attached to the workforce. Um, mm -hmm. It'll help finances. It'll help with hardship. It'll help when you, you know, unexpected emergencies come up and you want to be able to have the time to address those issues and then also go back to work, right? Like not risking your financial, your economic security because you have caregiving responsibilities. Wow. When when it comes to the politics behind this, I, and I, I admittedly, because I, again, I did not spend a lot of my childhood in this country. My understanding of policies are that when there is a need that the, a significant number of people have, particularly those who are considered the least of these, then government should play a role in helping to meet those needs, particularly if it's a need that's created not due to failing on behalf of the individual who needs it, but because of a structural inequity or, or societal inequity. Where it, our, our governmental, our elected officials on this issue? Do we have a broad bipartisan support for an act like this? What do, what do the politics behind this effort look like? We do have support and all is not lost because we do have some paid leave wins. Um, we have paid leave wins in the state, right? We have nine states as of September of this year um, that have current paid leave programs. We have five that wow. are coming online. Delaware just passed, um, Minnesota, uh, Maryland, my home state, you know, just passed. So, you know, things are moving at an incremental level. And we're hoping that um, these states are setting an example for what it could look like and how it could work on the federal level. Um, and then in terms of, you know, what's going on um, on the Hill um, and in Congress, we do. We have champions in Congress who are who have been with us for years. This is 20 plus years in the making, right? That we've mm. advocates have been working on passing paid leave at the federal level. Um, we just had the reintroduction of the Family Act um, this past summer, which was amazing. We had just this November, what is time? <laughs> uh, this November, we had the full Senate Finance Committee uh, hearing on paid leave and the impacts of the workforce. And we actually got two of our Moms Rising members' uh, stories to be entered into the record. And, you know, it just goes to show you how how critical it is to share your story um, and let our members of Congress know, let our champions know, let our leaders know that paid leave is necessary. You know, it's not a must, it's not a, uh, something that I want, I'd like to have, like, we need paid leave. We need to be able to have time off to care for ourselves, to care for our loved ones, whatever the case may be, and maintain our jobs in the workforce. I'm reminded that, uh, and I, listen, I'm, I'm old enough to remember that we compare ourselves to a lot of European nations in America on a whole host of issues. And as compared to most European nations and other peer nations, America is darn near dead last when it comes to the amount of leave, paid leave that people are able to access. One of the things about being a part of the military and in Germany was that we didn't just get the American holidays, we also got the German holidays. And it was, I mean, we're talking tens upon tens more days of a year that is solely dedicated to rest and relaxation the, the european culture of holiday and using that not just on the, the you know the 10 or however many federal holidays that we might have but using an approach that says 
well-being and investing in overall uh, well-being is an important part of minimizing the number of sick days that people have because if you're rested if you if you in, when we were in Spain the siesta all of these cultural norms that say we can't work like dogs and expect people's bodies not to deteriorate um, such that they're no longer useful to us but then I remember that those countries didn't have plantation slavery the way that we did here and, and because our working relationship yeah. is based on slavery you know there yeah. it is that good old American racism screwing it up for everybody again uh, what can we, the people, do? How can we help advocate for this? I know this is something that President Biden has, is firmly behind it and is, is really helping to, to sort of advocate for. We know that the Momnibus bill uh, also contemplates these sorts of, of uh, framings for the, the needs that people have. What is currently happening on the Hill that this audience can organize around? Because this is an active audience. So if you tell us there's some uh, legislation out there that needs support, we're going to call. We're going to let people know what's happening. How can we mobilize around this? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. And um, I will give y'all homework because I have homework to give. Um, we call, we call we, it power work here, just so you know, because homework has a negative okay. association for some of us. Ah, you know, power work. Power work. I love it even better. Um, you know, your audience can visit us at momsrising.org. Org. Um, you can find all of our social media handles there. Um, you can take action by signing petitions, and we'll send those to our members of Congress, to our, um, you know, the, the committees, to our labor staff, just, you know, to everyone and anyone to make sure that they understand how important it is to have paid leave. You can share your story with us. As I mentioned, we had two members who shared their story at the hearing, and it's really important, you know, members like to, um, have examples of their constituents, right? And 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 what they're going through and how they mm. need paid leave or what the lack of paid leave has done to their family. So share your story with us. You can write an op-ed, you can write a letter to the editor, you can just leave us a message, right? Just momsrising.org, leave us a message. You can join our email list, our text list. Um, these are, are, they seem like easy ways to get involved. I mean, it may not seem a lot, but it's really, really quite significant. So if I wanted to call my Congress member or my senators, both of them plural folks, remember we've got two senators. If I wanted to call them and say, I want, I heard Moms Rising on with the Laurie Daniel Favor Show on Sirius XM's Urban View Radio, and I want to support the legislation. What What is the name of the act that I'm telling them that I want them to support and sign on to? The Family Act. The Family, oh, that's simple enough. Simple huh. enough, right? The Family Act. The Family Act. So folks, listen, for those of you who have your five calls app, this is what we're using it for. And remember, the very first power work assignment, I'm not wagging my finger, even though y'all can't see me, I am wagging my finger. I'm not doing so in a mean way. Our very first power work assignment was that every single person was to either download the five calls app and or get the contact information for every single elected official who is responsible for representing you in your phone, which means that you should already have access to these people's information. So you should be calling your senators, you should be calling your Congress member to tell them you want them to sign on and support the Family Act and vote in favor of it because some of y'all be signing on to things but then you don't vote. You just you vote against it or you just, I don't know what y'all be doing but y'all don't be doing the right thing so we are going to make sure that these folks do the right thing. It's called the Family Act and this will ensure as our guest said that we are going to expand paid family leave. Now I, I got to be honest with you uh, because there are some people who I know are going to say well I'm a small business and I can't afford to be having my employees out for 511 weeks. Y'all, it's, it's 12. It's not 50, 11 weeks, but like it's, it's a quarter. Okay, one quarter of the year. I can't afford to have them out in uh, for this time. How am I supposed to be able to sustain this cost? What would you say to someone who has that sort of concern? 
I understand the concern. And I will just say that paid leave is for all workers, is for self-employed, is for small businesses, is for, you know, those in corporate America, for those in, in policy. It's, it's for everyone. And I think an example I would share is that, you know, the cost of illness or medical emergency may be too high a cost without support, right? Um, and in many states, you know, self-employed workers can opt in, but the Family Act will cover, will cover everyone automatically. Um, and it's, wow. again, it's, employee morale, right? You want to give yeah. your 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 employees the option or the time off that they need. They've worked for how many ever hours per week. They deserve time off, just like you deserve time off. That's right. And we we believe in boundary setting here. <laughs> Shout out to the moment yeah. of gratitude. We believe in boundary setting here yeah. and we believe in in creating an environment where at least we're talking about how to create more work-life balance. I remember somebody telling me not too long ago, you might love that job, but that job sure don't love you. And we got to be clear that when people are showing up to your work as a fraction of themselves, you got people who just pushed a whole human being into the world three weeks ago, six weeks ago, and going back to Come on now, you know damn good and well, you are not yeah. going to get the best yeah. out of them because physically the depletion and toll on their body is such that they need to rest. They need to heal. You come as close to death and survive as you possibly can when it comes to childbirth. And so, uh, and whether you're having childbirth, because this isn't just for pregnant people, it's also for, as you mentioned, caring for family and loved and sick ones, caring for elders. We're in the process of bringing an elder to come live with us because this elder is now at the point where they need that family support. That takes time. It takes the ability you want to, to be move there, effectively. Right? You yes. want to be there for, for your family. You want to be there, you know, God forbid, or what have you, in their last moments, right? That's right. You don't want to That's right. work yeah. if you don't have You want to be able to take care of your family. That's exactly right. Namati Mansare, thank you so much for being with us and for representing Moms Rising. I love you guys. You guys do some fantastic work and you make it all feel very practical, which is important. It's, there's nothing like having a conversation with somebody who's got a lot of lofty ideals and goals, but no way for the people to actually implement it. And that's one thing I always appreciate about uh, you all. And I'm so grateful for the partnership that we have. Uh, and we love featuring your stories because it feels good. <laughs> it feels really good. All right, so you said folks can go to momsrising.org and they can follow momsrising.org. Exactly. And our exactly. Spanish-speaking folks can go to mamascompoder.org. And it is extraordinarily important that you do so. Thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate Thank having you. you here.